Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Conquer the Gauntlet Pro, Evan Preparis. Brenna Calvert is not joining me on this episode. We are actually recording this before NORAM Championships, and she is on Build Crew. So she was working for like 13 hours today to get have a great time. By the time you listen to this, it'll be about a week later. We do have another guest on the line. Before I get to him, though, a quick word from our sponsor. So this episode is brought to you by Softleet. So if you're confused what that means, Softleet, it's Special Operations Forces Athlete. So Softlead is a company that actually has their own podcast. It's called the Die Living Podcast, which I was on earlier this month. Go check that out if you want to hear me talk about OCR, not only as a training aspect, but also as a business. So we talked to the guys there. They also have a pretty cool apparel line if you're into that military-themed type uh, clothing. So if you're a fan of stuff like Go Ruck or Greenberry Challenge or really the military in general, they, they really have a really cool clothing line. And other than that, they also do supplements, so... Pre-workout, post-workout, recovery supplements. So check them out. They got a pretty big line, and they're also helping out support Endure the Gauntlet. So hopefully I'll have some samples for any of you guys coming out to Conquer the Gauntlet Tulsa the weekend of August 24th through 26th. All right, today on the line we have John Penland. If you don't know who John Penland is, you're probably not paying attention to the upcoming stars in OCR. So I'm going to give a quick read of his bio, but uh, first OCR was in 2016, was the Abominable Snow Race. He won the U.S. OCRC 15K and 3K in his age group. He won, that's 2017. He won OCR World Championship 15K in his age group. He won the Spartan World Championships in his age group. And like I said, this is recorded before NORAM, but I'm going to go ahead and make the bold prediction he's going to win his age group in NORAM in this coming week. Uh, he's almost always in the top 15, usually in the top 10, regardless of the race. Only had one out of uh, out of the nine outside of the top 15 in 2018, and that was the Chicago Point Series, which is a major Spartan Spartan race, right? So that's like the big Point Series, so there's a lot of competition there. All right, so John, uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Cool, and one of the interesting things about you are, well, there's a lot, I'm sure there's a lot of interesting things about you, but you're very young compared to most of the people in the sport. So how old are you? I'm 18 right now. Right on. Yeah. So that means you're going into the college this coming year? Yeah, I start college on uh, August 20th, so okay. excited for that. Where are you headed to? Uh, Colorado State, so in Fort Collins, Colorado. Nice. So you get some, I'm assuming that's at altitude? Is that at altitude? Yeah, 5,500 feet at just about. Right, right on. That's That should be some, <laughs> some pretty good training up there. Yeah, yeah. All right, before we, before we jump into a little bit more about you... So when I sent over, I asked you to be on the podcast, you're the second person out of about 50 who sent over a prepared athletic bio. So it was you know, like, hey, can I get some information about you? Boom, you shoot me back a couple of slides worth of information. Have you had that all along, or was that something you created recently? Yeah, so I created that uh, after OCR World Championships in 2017 when a lot of the media pe- personnel didn't really know who I was. And I thought I had some strong results, so I created that so I could share it with people. So, you know, when an, instead of having a dark horse out there, they actually know who, it, who I am, um, especially because 
a lot of the young guys are kind of no one really knows until they show up and have some amazing result. Um, so, you know, in San Jose, uh, I sent that out to Megita and I, I got shot out on the live coverage. So, you know, it's, uh, just kind of getting, sending my name out there, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a great idea. I know we talked, the only other person who sent me has like a prepared bio was Rhea Coble. So obviously you're in some good company there and I highly recommend it, especially for those, you know, towards the top end of the sport, or even if those just trying to get ambassadorships or sponsorships, even at a lower level, like I think, and then on top of that, on a personal level, I think it's cool to consolidate all your results someplace to, you know, just for personal a personal keepsake. So awesome job on that. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's fun to look at uh, all the stats of all the races and kind of see, oh, th- like and look back like two years ago and see what I was doing at the same races and compared to now. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Your first OCR was 2016. So as a high school student, what did your what do your friends or what did or what do your friends think of you being a competitive OCR athlete? Also, a lot of my friends think I'm a little crazy, uh, not because I do OCR, but it's kind of more of the way I train. Um, when I get into training, I'm really kind of intense and uh, I take my training really seriously. Um, and my friends, I've convinced most of them to do, run races with me, um, and you know they have a, f- a lot of fun with it, but. When they see me uh, go up and we're going to go do an hour of hill repeats, hour plus of hill repeats, they kind of fade off and because, you know, training for OCR is difficult. Um, and it's just kind of that mental part of everything, uh, kind of putting everything together. And yeah. I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of friends in different groups. Um, I've been friends with guys on the cross-country team, so I train with them a lot. I have some friends who are just exclusive weightlifters. Um, who, you know, work out with those guys. And then I have some friends who are rock climbers. So getting to train with a bunch of different people in a bunch of different groups, they all think each other are kind of weird and for training the specific ways, but it, I think it makes for a good combination. I can't love that answer anymore. Like, I actually wrote an article about that on Mud Run Guide, uh, I think last year, which basically said if I had unlimited money and, like, an unlimited resource pool, I would hire, like, just like an MMA fighter does, right? He hires like a you know jujitsu coach. He hires a striking coach. He hires you know a karate coach to really hone those skills. And you're doing that, but with OCR. So you have essentially a group of guys you run with, a group of guys you strength train with, and then a group of guys you do body weight exercises slash climbing with, which I think is literally the best way to train. So that is awesome. Yeah, I'm really approaching OCR kind of like uh, any other already established sport, you know, with the training just kind of preparing and putting a lot into it, uh, seeing where I can get with that. So. Awesome. Now, with your first OCR in 2016, were you hooked immediately, or was it like uh, dipping your toe in the pool and you're like, eh, maybe I'll come back to this at some point? Yeah, so my first race I was hooked immediately, but I wasn't training properly for it. Um, so my first race was the Bombless Snow Race. I showed up in a full battle dress uniform and combat boots, Think, because it looked like, oh, it's kind of like the military obstacle course. Um, and, yeah, I was flying around all over the place. And then as I kept going on and on, I finally, six months later, did a Spartan race, and that just completely destroyed me. Like, I fell asleep an hour after I finished the race, and I could barely move the next day. And that's, I think, where it, what really hooked me onto the competitive side of the sport. Um, because I, at that point, I was lucky enough to qualify for the OCR World Championships, 
Um, and I realized they needed to train more specifically. Um, and at that point, I went out and found a uh, leaderboard fit uh, with Bracken and started really kind of honing in on grip strength and uh, carries and just kind of all the little stuff in OCR because for me, there's a huge learning curve to kind of get to where I am um, because I none of this really came naturally for me. Awesome. Yeah, so did you play any sports in high school or are were you playing sports in high school at the time? So. My background was uh, I was a soccer player. I played soccer for 12 years uh, at a high level and just um, really focused on that. I played 12 months a year, six, seven days a week, um, and I focused a lot on that in high school. And then I did one year of track and cross country just kind of after I found OCR to kind of build my fitness base. So was that in 2017 you were running track and cross country in addition to doing OCR? Yeah, yep, 2017. 2016-2017 2016-2017 season for track, 2017-2018 season for cross country. Cool. So in high school, there's no, like, OCR club. Is that is that a thing anywhere? Like, I've been out of high school for a hot minute, so um, yeah, I'm pretty out of touch with what's going on <laughs> in high school land. But is, do like do people even talk about that in high school? Um, so at my high school, there wasn't an OCR club, and I tried to start one, but the administration didn't really want me to start one. So I went to our outdoor club, so our club that organizes, like, skiing events and, like, rock climbing, hiking, camping, and I kind of went to them and, like, hey, look at these events. They're really cool and awesome, and we should go do one as a group. Um, so I I joined that club. I actually became the president of that club, and so we did two OCRs a year um, for the past three years um, in that club. So Okay, cool. Getting a, getting a little bit of traction there. So maybe bringing in some outside people to the sport. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Everyone else was a first-time uh, obstacle course racer. So. Cool. And would you would you run the competitive and go back out for, like, an open wave, or would all you guys kind of run the competitive? Uh, my first year, we so we did Tough Mudder, um, and then we did the Volno Snow Race. So Tough Mudder just went out and had fun. But, yeah, other races I'd go and do two laps. Yeah. Cool. Uh, do your friends, like your, your day-to-day friends on the weekends, do they do OCR or – do they come out, or is it mostly just you? Yeah, so all my closest friends uh, have done OCR. Um, like competitive like you, or just like I'm going to go and check the block and do one just because to see what my friend my friend John is up to? So two of my friends compete in the age group. Uh, so the 18 to 24 age group, they just started competing in. And one of my friends just got his first podium at a Savage Race. Awesome. And he's What's been training name? with me for – Nick Carta. He's been training with me for two years now, so yeah. Badass. That's a good, good good race and impressive finish at a – I know some of the Savage races this year have just been stacked with competition. Like the last one in Chicago was insane. Like yeah, a bunch of guys normally a, podium were like pushed off on like in fifth and sixth place. The first mile with a barbed wire crawl and a barn door wall, we ran in 520. Ugh, insane. Yeah. yeah, that was fast. All right, so now that you're you're pretty committed based off your results, I think you're pretty committed to OCR. Are you planning on doing any collegiate sports, or you're going to go all in on OCR in the next four years? Yeah, so my plan is to go all in for OCR. I'm going to be out in Colorado, so there's going to be great training, tons of mountains uh, to train, which in Illinois, where I live right now, there's really nothing in terms of elevation change. Um, and I've, I've thought about it, but I'm going to reach out to the cross-country guys and track guys at where I'm going and just kind of see if I can run with them because – 
I like to be pushed in my training, and those guys are definitely guys I can kind of hang with, but I'll be at the back of the pack. So. Yeah, I think that's a good call. You know, I think you're you're coming to the sport at a good time. There's there's a little bit of money, a little bit of sponsorships in there, and you've obviously proved yourself the last couple of years. So I think that's a great idea. I would keep running with it and see how far far this takes you. Um, why do you think you're doing so well against your peers? Right? I mean, essentially you swept you swept your age group in like the big races last year. You know, USOCRC, yeah. OCRWC, and Spartan World Championship. Right? Like, it doesn't really get much bigger than that. Yeah, I think what really helps me is ever since I started really getting into fitness and physical activity, I've kind of been more of that hybrid athlete uh, where my running is solid and I can run five-minute miles, and then I can go over to bodyweight exercise and do 28 pull-ups, and then I can still hang with that, hang with a lot of the pros on the carries just because of just running and leg power, which converts over, um, and it's kind of interesting because my parents, they, they had a little bit of a sports background back in high school, but th- really after that, just high school's tennis and cheerleading, they kind of faded off of the athletic path. Um, so they're, they like to uh, follow along and kind of see what I can do as well. With you being, I mean, like you're basically the biggest name I know for a lot of the youth besides like you and VJ Jones, who I believe is a couple years older. Um, right? What's... Yeah, VJ is a year and a couple months older. Okay, so there you go. Um, so what are the other big names we need to watch out for? Kind of the from like your and VJ's age group and generation, like the rising stars. Who do you think we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, so a lot of the top guys under 21 uh, right now that I see are VJ, myself, and then James Nair. James Nair is 17 from Nevada, and he's uh, he's already gotten two Spartan, Spartan podiums. Uh, last year, um, and he'll be at North Ham, he, and uh, the three of us will be joining for the team race. Oh, that uh, should be I'm good. Forward to yeah. Do you, please tell me you have some awesome age-focused name. Yeah, we're the next generation. Next generation okay. OCR. That's pretty good. Yeah, I like that. I was hoping for something a little more comedic, but oh, let that slide. <laughs> I like it. I used to see a lot right now. So at last year, a lot of the guys who were up there were from Europe. Um, especially in our age group, uh, I had I got to talk to a couple kids from Hang On um, with, in the Netherlands, and then there were a couple of kids from the Czech Republic who were right behind me. So right now in Europe, I see a lot of OCR thriving, especially uh, at the younger age groups. Gotcha, gotcha. Let's get to a little bit more of your specific lifestyle and your specific training. So let like take us through an average week in your life, uh, referring to training. Yeah. So as I said earlier, I'm training with Bracken and Leaderboard Fit. So I'm running every single day. Uh, I'm averaging about 50 to 60 miles, especially because I'm racing so often. So with recovery, a little bit of taper, you can't. I'm, I can't get much more mileage in, in a week because I'm trying to do well consistently. Um, and each week usually includes efforts that focus on climbing speed work and I have a long effort and the rest are recovery and maintenance to keep my body healthy throughout this long, you know, OCR is insanely long season. So to be in top shape for nine plus months is, it's difficult, uh, especially staying healthy. Um, so got to keep healthy there. And then I usually like to focus on workouts, which include transitions between different movements and obstacles. 
So going from the run into like a race simulation to kind of help train the brain and the body to react when hidden like obstacles or strength movements at high elevated heart rate. Like my, one of my favorite workouts is I run around my block, run into my backyard, go through a rig I built, throw the spear, do burpees, pick up a sandbag and run and then come back and just intervals like that. And on top of this, I like to weight lift and do core every single day. I usually do like 15 minutes of core and then weight lift five times a week. Because since I'm so young, I'm still developing a strength base that a lot of the older athletes already have. And for me to have a competitive future in the sport, I think a lot of my training has to be focused on building my base because I've only been really competitively training for a year and a half. So, yeah. Yeah, sounds, I mean, sounds pretty good to me. Um, Are you doing any sort of periodized training, like focusing on endurance or strength in the offseason? Or is it pretty... Like the schedule you described, is that pretty good? Is that pretty much how you train year round? Yeah, the only periodization that happens in my training is really during the off season. So after Tahoe this year, um, I'm gonna go into a little bit of a speed block, and then I'll have a little bit of downtime. And then after that, I'm gonna ramp up everything because I don't like to periodize my training because I don't like to let other parts of my fitness kind of slack off. So although I might be focusing on hill training or speed work, I'm still incorporating each aspect of the training each week gotcha. or each training cycle. All right, so let's talk about the future. So what big goals do you have for 2018? Yeah, so at this point in the season, my big race that I'm really focusing on is Tahoe. I'm really excited for it because I'm going to be moving out to Colorado mid-August, and I'll have six weeks of training at altitude. So six weeks of specific training for just for Lake Tahoe. Um, last year I didn't do as well as I expected at Tahoe just because I kind of mentally didn't attack the course as much as I wanted to because I was too focused on the different variables such as the cold, the lake swim, the distance, the altitude. I didn't push myself hard enough. So this year my real goal is to really attack the race and to finish top 25 um, and be at, prove to be at, at the top of the eight, my age group. Sounds great. I can't wait to see how it pans out. What about so? What about beyond 2018? What's your? Do you have any kind of like long-term plans in the sport that you're willing to share with us? Yeah. So I want to be the overall world champion someday. And bold. I like it. Yeah. Big big goals. You got to set them big. I love it. Yeah. And and this next year and the year after that, I just want to get closer and closer and be in contention for the Spartan National Series podium positions and be just become one of the top guys in the sport. And I think it's just a matter of time with uh, the training and if I can stay healthy until I get to that point. Uh, because as you see, as ton of, tons of the top guys in the sport are in their 30s and almost 40. The last two world champions have been 39. So there's definitely tons of longevity in the sport. Yeah, and what I th- one of the things I think is interesting about guys like you and VJ is you're essentially growing up in the sport. So I think... When you guys really hit your peak potential, we're going to see a whole new level of fitness coming from, from your age group, right? Because instead, yeah. of, instead of someone being a cross-country skier converting over or a cross-country runner converting over or a, you know, a ninja athlete, and converting, like you're seeing someone who their body's built from the ground up for obstacle course racing. So I'm really curious to see how the sport develops in the next couple of years. 
and to see how, like I said, see how you got guys like you and BJ and some of the other names you mentioned earlier on this podcast. See how you guys do when when you're really in your prime. It's gonna be it's gonna be cool. I will be I will be old and slow if I'm not <laughs> slower than I am now uh, by then. But it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty awesome. So yeah, it's I'm looking forward to it as well because. Right now, OCR is so young, and everyone's still learning so much about how to train and get better at, like, one side of the sport. So if you want to train and be good at the 24-hour side, it's completely different training than if you want to be good at the sprints. And everyone's still working on trying to develop that perfect race strategy and race season where you can just peak at the right times and always be in top fitness with the sport. Yeah, and like you said, I think over the next couple of years – We'll see. I think you've already started to see it a little more. People starting to specialize a little more. Like yeah. you used to see guys do every distance at every like every time there was like a quote unquote major race, and now you're seeing some people focus more towards ultra distance, and some people leaning more towards TMX. So, what would you say your as of now? What would you say your specialty, or your what specialty? What is your specialty, or what do you hope your specialty is? So, my favorite distance is the. Uh, super distance so anywhere from like six to 12 miles um and then, but I, I like the sprints to beast i haven't tried any of the ultra uh distance yet just because i'm letting, waiting for my body to still finish growing so that i can i limit the risk of injury and especially with the growth plates uh and then i'm not i'm not a huge fan of the more tmx stuff because i'm just not, I, don't, I don't like lifting Weights as much. <laughs> well, I, I think we saw at T- TMX this year a whole. I mean, last year it was still. I felt like it was still really OCR heavy, or the OCR athletes did well. And this year, I felt like it was. I mean, not excluding Hunter, who's a different animal, right? Like, yeah. But I feel like the CrossFit athletes really uh, started excelling more with the five workout stations essentially touching each other in two sections. Yeah, I think so. it was really the loading back to back on like the specific muscle groups. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. So, any any thoughts of doing those ultra distance events? You know, maybe ten years down the line or something like that. Yeah, for sure. I'm just waiting. So, I my I finish growing, and then I can focus on developing more rounded and then experiment with the ultra distance. Right. I think that's probably a good idea, also. And then on top of that, I think you're still doing really well in all these shorter races. And as someone yep. who does ultra distance races i would say too often um from a from a personal <laughs> trainer standpoint like they really they really have a pretty big toll on your body like it it really yeah. it really hurts me when i try to go back to short distance races within a couple of weeks i mean i can feel i can feel my my body just pushing real hard and just i'm not running very fast uh, compared to what i know i can do so yeah it does I, really destroy you <laughs> <laughs> good stuff all right plans Post-collegiate. So you're going to college for the next four years. You'll major in something. What, what, what's your planned major? So my, my plan is – so I'm going to study biomedical science, and I plan on having a minor in nutrition. Okay. Interesting. And then what do you hope to do with that once you graduate? So it's a pretty broad path, but right now I'm thinking I'm going to focus on going into the research side of things. So after college, I'll have another two years of grad school and potentially more school, school after that. Um, so yeah, and then you come out with a master's or uh, master's or doctorate. Okay, depending on how long how long you end up in school for. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Cool. 
All right, let's 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 go over some of the race series you've done. So you've done the yeah. Abominable Snow Race, which I was actually at this past year, although I saw you on the podium. I ran in the Heroes Heat, the military law enforcement wave, so I didn't yeah. actually get to see you race. But I know I know some of the names you beat, so I'm sure you were you were blazing fast. Um, but what other race series have you done besides Abominable Snow Race and Spartan Race? Yeah, so my primary race series is Spartan. I've done, I do the Chicago Savage every year just because it's in the backyard, and that's always a blast. I love playing on their obstacles. Uh, I go often, I love the OCR World Championships, and then I've done the U.S. Championships, and I'm going to the North American Championships this year. And then I've done A Conquer the Gauntlet, and um, I've done the Terrain Race and Warrior Dash. So a little bit of everything. Haven't been able to make it out to Bone Frog yet, uh, just because. All their stuff's been on the East Coast, so. Yeah, same here. I, I actually have family on the East Coast. I just need to schedule a date when they, like, a, a family visit and a bone frog overlap, but I haven't done one of theirs either yet. Yeah, but, last year, my dad and I would schedule college visits during race weekends. So that's go amazing. So, college, hit a race, and it worked pretty well, so. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great dad right there. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. How many, uh, my, me and my dad went to a ton of colleges when we were visiting. Did you end up going to a lot before you made a choice? We ended up going to a lot, but it wasn't, it was spread out over a long period of time. So we started going to college visits really early. So I've seen tons of schools since starting since I was in middle school. Um, but we, the last year I went to like four or five schools, uh, just kind of final decisions and just, Checking out new schools and visiting new places. And so. then, what made you ultimately pick um, Colorado State? Yeah. Uh, so one, I wanted somewhere outdoors and had a good major that I was that I was studying in, so good field of study. And Colorado State has a good uh, biomedical science program. It's part of their vet- veterinary college, which is uh, well renowned. And then also, it's two miles from the foothills, so perfect location and their campus is pretty new most of their buildings have been renovated so i'm you know really looking forward to use being in the rec center a lot and exploring all the mountains and colorado beauty so yeah yeah sounds like a good time and you currently live in wisconsin is that correct Uh, i live in the western suburbs of chicago okay so illinois yeah illinois okay i knew i knew it was close to wisconsin yeah that's okay Um, all the races are in wisconsin but i'm a little further south yeah, that's why I can't. It's every time I every time I see you, it's like always oh, in Wisconsin. Yeah, okay. Um, so what? Obviously, that's pretty far north for most people, and it gets pretty cold in the winter. What is your What are your tips for winter training? Winter training, really, it's just getting the motivation to get out the door. Once you get outside, it's really not as bad as you think it is when you're inside. So put on a pair of gloves, bring a little bit of extra layers, and then once you get outside and start overheating. Then you just take off layers as you go, and so I usually go start out with thick gloves, and I have smaller gloves in a pocket, and then I switch those out like a mile or two into my run, and then I usually take off my hat a mile or two into the run, and you just really have to get out there. I personally really like the snow. Um, I like being outside when it's cold. I almost too much. I've gotten very cold before and gotten too much water in the cold, so. Do you have a pair of yak tracks or uh, spikes or anything you can train with when it when it gets a little snowy? I have a pair of yak tracks. Uh, I also have ice bugs with the uh, the metal claws coming out of them. Carbide studs. Yeah, the carbide studs. 
Um, and I like those both. They both work well. I find in powder, it really doesn't matter, but once it kind of ices over or if the snow's been sitting there for a while, it uh, it's quite useful. Did you end up wearing them for uh, Abominable Snow Race earlier this year? Yeah. The ice bugs or the yak The ice bugs. They worked well? Yeah. You thought it Okay. The the only pro- the problem with the yak tracks is if you're not on icy terrain, then they can either break or they can slide off your foot. Yeah, I broke part of mine during that race, but they still worked good enough where I was still glad I wore them. Um, yeah. It's better than nothing, but... Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Cool. So do you have any sponsors currently? Yeah. So I've been fortunate enough to work with uh, Endura Elite. It just started up recently. Um a big fan of the Performer Elite. I love I love the feeling of the beta alanine. It just kind of gets me ready now for my workouts and just the tingling, just like it's time to go. Um, and then I've been also lucky enough to work with Mudgear for this past year. Um, they've they took me on when I had no social media following, gave me a chance, and I've been able to use their socks to protect my shins. I the one thing in OCR that really bugs me is when you're bushwhacking and just get cut up all over your legs and just the second day just doesn't feel good. Um, and that's great. They work great. And then I'm lucky enough to work with Bracken Leaderboard Fit. They're really encouraging me um, and have really helping me push the limits on my training and as well as just stay injury-free. And they're great people and just any advice they they're perfect for. My parents have been a, a super encouraging for me and provided me the re, all the resources I've needed to be successful and just have helped me give me the right guidance to be successful and, uh, in obstacle course racing school and just all the other parts of life. And Yeah, I've, I've been really fortunate to be lucky to be surrounded with such supportive family and friends to uh, help push my limits. Yeah, that's awesome. I know those are some great companies you're aligned with. I haven't had the pleasure of trying Endura Elite's products, but I know the videos Matt Mosman, I think is the owner, yeah. posts online are great where he eventually he essentially calls out some, some BS stuff that you always see floating around the internet about nutrition or stuff like that. So pretty cool stuff there. Uh, Mudgear, huge fan, obviously. They've done so much for OCR. They're actually investing in the sport versus some other companies who are just essentially trying to, you know, push product onto people. So huge fan of them. Yeah. I wear their socks for a lot of my races. Bracken Cracker, obviously, huge name in OCR, so knows what he's talking about. So the uh, yeah, haven't had actually worked with Leaderboard Fit at any point, but obviously based on your results and based on his results, I'm sure they are doing a great job. Yeah, they have training. a great team over there. Yeah. That yeah, I see I see the purple headbands and purple jerseys occasionally at races, so and they're usually they're usually near the front of the pack. Yeah. So as a younger athlete getting involved in OCR, you know, if you have other young OCR athletes that want to get not just get into the sport as far as running the open waves, but really get into the competitive side of the sport, uh, what what advice would you give to them? Really, the first step is make sure you're having fun with your training. And if you're having fun with your training, you're going to be successful. You're going to meet the goals that you want. But really. At the youth level, it's you want to stay injury free because an injury on the sideline just it takes you out. It puts you gives you puts you further back than where you were in the, to start with, and then just 
learn get get involved with a good running program. I think running is 90 plus percent of what we do in OCR. So if you you can make huge gains every single race if you're just improving your running by itself. And then if you go out and do a race, see what obstacles you're really struggling with. And the community's so great that if you're struggling, let's say with Twister, I guarantee there's someone in the festival that's gonna that can go out there, walk you through it, talk you through it, and it's everything is in the sport is manageable. It's just time and just working hard and uh, just learning technique because there is a learning curve when you're getting into the sport. And I've worked with a lot of uh, friends who are you know, younger athletes and a lot of stuff like building momentum. People completely forget about how to do that because kid, pe- teenagers don't play anymore. They're on their phones all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely good advice. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. You spend most of the time running, so obviously that's a should be a large part of your training and yeah. the ability to run fast. Um, I mean, in some races, like a Warrior Dash or a terrain race, it can – I mean, it's almost all running, right? Like yeah. it's impossible to fail things at, at Warrior Dash. Like there's there's nothing to fail. Like you can't fall off things. So yeah, well, uh, I guess you could technically fail a wall, but – yeah. I, they don't even have walls there. They're like low. They're like chest height, or yeah. they're like ladders or something. Um, and even their ri- their old rig, which they I, it wasn't there this year. The one I did, uh, their old rig used to have a net underneath, so like you could essentially just walk across the net if you really wanted to. Yeah. With without using the actual handholds, which I was like, all right, whatever. But uh, good beginner race. Besides the point. Um, yes. So when Miles Keller and Victor Quesada were on the podcast, we were talking about, you know, the fact because you're younger, you're still you live with your parents at the time, and you were in high school, you might have more time to train or stuff like that. What aspect, you know, as people who are a little bit older, what aspect do you think some of the other athletes don't think about some of the challenges you face as a, you know, a younger athlete coming up in the sport? Um, as a younger athlete. There are so I don't have adult problems, but I have teenage problems. Um, so a lot of the people around me are focused on completely different things, um, and I have to choose to kind of put myself in a different area and focus on what I want to do. Uh, so as an adult, you might have less time, but as a teenager, you have a lot of more freedom to choose kind of what you want to do with your time. But a lot of the time, people choose to waste. Mm-hmm. And I think I've been efficient in taking that time and using it effectively. Um, and I, I like as a te- in high school, you had you go to school for six hours. You go, you have homework when you get home, and then you also you do have you are fortunate enough usually to have plenty of time to get your workouts in. But I, I wake up early every day, and I also usually stay up relatively late to try to get in my training. So it's it's all about you know your choices really. Yeah, see, I I lean more towards I think I think you have it rougher than I do, right? Like like you said, I have adult problems, but I'm also more disciplined as an adult, and I have like I don't I don't go out and hang out with my friends really anymore. So it's either family, work, or working out. Like those are my only three real choices. Yeah. Uh, versus when I was in high school, you know. 
your friends are always calling you or, you know, there's a girl you're interested in, so you're, like, chasing after that. And it, like, I feel like you're being pulled in a hundred different directions. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it moves a lot faster, so you kind of have to pick and choose wisely or else you're just kind of spinning. Yeah, absolutely. So, good answer. You're a young athlete growing up in the sport. Tell us something that some of the older athletes might be surprised to know about you. Let's go with that one. Well, I've never owned a pair of jeans. I'm very much a cargo <laughs> pants person. I, I just jeans I don't find comfortable. I can't I don't like being restricted in my movement. I agree. That is a that is a I completely agree. I I owned very I had like one pair of jeans growing up that I would never like to wear because I felt like they were too restrictive and you'd be like I'd be like trying to do lunges in them like to try to loosen them up beforehand. Yeah. I don't know. Not yeah, a I like fan. to be able to move from so if I need to, I like I run most of the places I go. Like if I'm running down the block, I'll just run it instead of walk. So I like to be able to move efficiently whenever in whatever I'm wearing. Cool. I will. So I will say, I think from an outsider's perspective, if someone's a little bit older, I think one of the challenges you are going to face is even though you're growing up in this sport, you're there's always going to be like new guys coming in who are transitioning from other sports. Yeah. So I think. I think, you know, that may be a challenge in the future where you're like, all right, if I can just beat Athlete X, like if I can just beat VJ or whoever the, you know, the top athlete in your age group is, you know, I'll be the best and you'll beat him and then some random person will come in um, like we've seen at some of the previous Spartan World Championships, you know, like the year Robert Killian won, people were like, who the hell is that, right? And he just comes in and smokes the field. Or uh, when Zuzana won, was it two years in a row now? Or two years in a row and then she didn't win last year, did she? No, Lindsay won last year. Yeah, so um, I think that'll be – I won't say it. That, that'll be something you'll you'll definitely have to deal with, you know, people coming in from outside and uh, fighting their way to the top. And then um, – It'll be good for the sport. It'll show yeah, grow. That is true. I'll, so I'll say from, you know, from my, my high school perspective, I was not – like if I was – if you lined up the people in my high school and you're like, which one of these is going to, you know – make some money or, you know, get sponsored in the future as an athlete, I would probably be somewhere in the 50% range of, like, you probably go through half of the school kids in my school before you hit me. And yeah. I found, for, for me, personal success was based off of just staying consistent over a very long period of time. Um, I, you're already much better than that, so I think you being consistent over a long period of time with uh, where you are now is going to bring some huge results. And frankly, I'm I'm super excited to see where you go in this sport and see how high you can reach because this will be uh, this will be awesome. So, John, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Any uh, final shout-outs you want to give? Yeah, uh, if people want to learn more about me, they can check out my athlete page at uh, FitLink Media. And then best way to keep, keep uh, up with me is my Instagram, uh, JohnPenland underscore OCR. Awesome. So make sure you head over and check that out. And like I said at the beginning of this podcast, head over and check out the Softleet uh, Die Living podcast. I think I'm episode 56 or something like that. It's, it has my name on it. And I also have a couple of really good articles coming out on the Softleet webpage about quitting um, for anyone really interested in pushing their limits. So it, just because a lot of my research and personal experience is based on the really long stuff, so like 8 and 24 hour. Uh, events and sometimes multi-day stuff 
the, the application can really be applied to anything that's a, your personal limit. So if your personal limit is something like an eight mile race or even a, you know, a 5k warrior dash, you know, it's, it's really about perception and how that feels to you. So, uh, check out those articles on Softleet. Uh, they're really good. And I pushed it out through Softleet instead of Mudrun Guide or my own website because they have a little bit larger of a reach and I thought it would be a better, I'd be able to more positively affect more people. So definitely head over and check that out. John, once again, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for and having me. I will see you at Noram, and uh, definitely say hi. I don't think have we ever actually talked in person. I don't think so. Uh, I think just only hello. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I've, I know. I've seen you in passing, but I don't think we've ever sat down and talked. So uh, definitely, I'll hit you up at Noram and say hi. And Look forward to it. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you later. All right. Yeah.